Make your winning move today and bet at my bookie. Use promo code GATERS and claim your deposit match. Redeemable up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Water. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC and at Gators Breakdown. Hey, we got a hire to talk about. Will Harris, the name we have kind of been talking about a little over a week or so. Hey, not okay, not officially official, but <laughs> it's about as close as you could get there. Um, of course, it's the name I've been bringing up. You've heard the name out there in other places too. Uh, on three was the first one to report that he's going to be hired. I mean, it's about 99% of the way there. I guess nothing is officially, officially done, but look, you've got recruits talking about him as well and his name in particular. So, hey, we'll run with it. If something changes, it just changes. But right now, that's what we have. Um, other sources, like I said, he's been a name that's been back there. So uh, in, you know, in this list for a little while, at the top of the list, kind of just waiting on it to happen, honestly. Uh, and the report comes out today on this Sunday that Will Harris will be the next DB coach to take over for Corey Raymond. So we'll get into him. We'll dive into his background a little bit. I'm sure some of you have already checked it out, but we'll do so again right here on Gators Breakdown. And also, hey, it's a big, big weekend for Florida as far as visits go from high school targets, portal targets. We'll get into all of it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. So before we get there, hit that like button. That really goes a long way right here on Gators Breakdown. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet here on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And, of course, you can also join Gators Breakdown Plus. You can discuss all the hires that may be coming up as well. We'll get into a, a new defensive line name as well uh, right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. It was discussed today on the Discord chat, uh, so you would have heard about it beforehand. But you get access to that. On Gators Breakdown Plus, link is in the description. You also get those extra episodes. You get ad-free episodes. A GatorsBreakdown.com newsletter. Uh, be bringing back up the Q&A probably sometime soon as well. Sending a message out there for members to send in their thoughts. So we'll get into all that. But you can become a member at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. So, all right, let's get to it. Will Harris right now with the L.A. Chargers. And if you're watching right now, this Sunday evening, uh, that team's playing right now. He's on the sideline of an L.A. Charger game because uh, that's where he is, the um, uh, assistant secondary coach right there for the Chargers. He was, before that, before the Chargers job this year, was the defensive coordinator and secondary coach at Georgia Southern in 2022. Hey, there we go. A little connection between me and him uh, of Georgia Southern. So under Harris's direction at Georgia Southern, uh, the defense overall, not all that great uh, in his first year as a defensive coordinator under first year um, uh, head coach Clay Hilton there at Georgia Southern. Uh, where they did excel, I think, believe the, the the passing defense and all that was rating in the hundreds in his first year being a defensive coordinator. Did go to the NFL after that, though. Um, but he was the, the highlight there was top 20 in the nation in red zone defense. Uh, was what the bio reads for Eagles earned all some belt conference honors, though. Uh, and Georgia Southern posted 11 interceptions, 65 pass breakups in the new system installed by Harris. 11 interceptions, <laughs> man. Um, anything close to that that we could get duplicated here at Florida next year would be would be would be awesome there. <laughs> so, uh, 11 interceptions there for Georgia Southern last year. But before that, where he kind of got his name, where he got the promotion 
for Georgia Southern was what he did at Washington and spent four seasons there with the Huskies, 2018 to 2021, worked with a secondary unit that included defensive back who earned an All-American recognition in each of the first four years he coached. So all four years he was there, DBs earned All-American recognition. In 2021, both corners earned Pac-12 first-team honors, and Harris was named one of the 50 rising star position coaches you need to know by On3.com back in 2021. So then he gets the job to Georgia Southern, and now he's in the NFL. But coming back to the college game, more than likely to take the job at Florida, taking over for Corey Raymond. During his time at Washington, Harrison coached several notable players, including Chiefs cornerback Trent McDuffie, Bears cornerback Kyler Gordon, Titans cornerback Elijah Molden, Cardinals cornerback Byron Murphy Jr., Patriots cornerback Miles Brandt, and Rams safety Tyler Rapp. So there's an NFL sending guys to the league right there under his tutelage at Washington. Uh, his final season with the Huskies, the secondary helped the defense lead the country in fewest touchdown passes allowed with six, fewest passing yards allowed, 1,720. In his first season, uh, as Washington's defensive backs coach, like I said, he's been there, but the first season as, as a defensive back coach, he's been there since 18, but his first year as a DB coach in 2020, hard to know, the COVID year as well, but Give him credit there. Um, Harris was part of helping the Huskies improve from 56th nationally in pass defense in 2019 to 13th nationally and the number one in Pac-12 at 185 yards a game. So a big improvement there in his first season as DB coach at Washington. Um, and Harris, in that same 2020 season, Harris helped coach the top defense in the Pac-12 in terms of total defense and passing yards allowed. Uh, in 2019, he was assistant defensive back coach at Washington helped uh, coach one of the strongest secondaries in the nation that year. Um, three true freshmen who started at least five games that year. So coming into a situation at Florida where there's some young players, and he's been a part of that himself as well at Washington. Those played a high level that year. Molden earned first team all Pac-12. Uh, senior Miles Bryant was the second team selection that year. Uh, despite the youth that year, the Huskies posted the number 15 best scoring defense in the country. In 19, giving up 20, less than 20 points per game. In his first season in Seattle, Harris helped coach a defense that finished first in the Pac-12 in scoring and total defense for the fourth year in a row. I mean, they've Washington had some good defenses and in the defensive backfield lately too, partly because of him. But he stepped into a good situation, kept it up, developed some players, sent them to the league. Uh, but good, good. Uh, Good track record of development there at, at Washington. Hey, his coaching career began at Snoop Dogg Snoop Youth Football League, believe it or not. Uh, went on to contribute at the coaching staffs at Northwestern Oklahoma State in 2013, Humboldt State in 2014, Dixie College in 2015, San Jose State in 2016, 2017. Um, his football background, of course, he's a native of Pasadena, California. Played at Southern Cal from 05 to 09. Uh, contributing to a Trojans team that appeared in four straight Rose Bowls, of course, including the 2005 BCS National Championship game against Texas. Um, following his collegiate career, spent time with the Seattle Seahawks, Edmonton Esco, Eskimos, in the CFL. So as you can see, Harris has been a part of some really good defenses at Washington, some good defensive backfields, took a promotion to get a defensive coordinator job at Georgia Southern, then to the NFL, so the trajectory was there. Um, coming back to college, 
part of that could be if you follow the NFL a bit, the Chargers possibly possibly moving on with the new staff after this season. Uh, so maybe he sees the writing on the wall there. Come back to college. I guess my worry would be, does he really want to be an NFL guy? I mean, we've known, we see it right now. We'll talk about it in just a second too, but the way the NIL and the transfer portal works, guys you know, are leaving college football to go to the NFL. Did he like what he had in the NFL? Is this? A, I mean, it, it would probably be good news in some ways if he was a one and done at Florida, if there was a lot of improvement in one year. But I guess you know maybe somewhere it would be. Does he really want to be in the NFL? Would he take the first opportunity to go back? Um, I think younger guy for for now. Connect with recruits is a little easier, but that's the, probably a hang up and a huge question mark. We just need to see. Looks like a good developer. You heard all the Pac-12, the All-American selections, keeping that defense up in the defensive backfield. But there is a re- question for the recruiting overall. Not from the South. Doesn't have many ties. Doesn't have many connections to the area. Only one year at Georgia Southern. Uh, so nothing really, really to connect there. That's as close as he's been to the South. He's been a West Coast guy playing, coaching, up until he took the Georgia Southern job, back to the West Coast for the Chargers. So West Coast guy, hopefully he can replicate some of the success Kerry Colbert had as a wide receiver coach uh, last year for Florida, where he was involved in getting guys like Eugene Wilson, Aiden Mizell, Andy Jean. Not to say it can't be done, just saying, hey, look, that is something that may have to be overcome. Can he get the help from other defensive staff members? Can Austin Armstrong you know, be a key cog there um, while he himself starts building the relationships? You know, Mesh with Austin Armstrong, um, all that good stuff as far as relationship goes. But then, hey, you got to go out and he's got to start forming his own relationships here. Build that in, in, in the recruiting sense. So, you know, that that's um, he's going to have to sta- establish some relationships. So that's the probably the one of the, you know, at least the off the field part of it that we do have to look out for. How good of a recruiter can he be without the established ties and connections in the South? Uh, Austin, you know, like I said, meshing well with Austin Armstrong now on the field as well. That seemed to be the prevailing thought of why moving on from Corey Raymond didn't really mesh well with Patrick Tony last year, didn't really mesh well with Austin Armstrong, and not necessarily attitude approach for each of just, I think, defensive philosophy between Corey Raymond, the DB coach, and the coordinators of Tony and Armstrong just not working out. So can he come in and rightfully and probably with some speed help mitigate the big explosive plays that Florida's given up this year. Can he come in with the reputation he has of being a developer and coaching defensive backs well, help Florida in one role of limiting explosive plays and the other priority, better tackling from your defensive backs. What can he do there as well? Those are the two biggest things for me Looking for an on-field coach. What needs to improve? Help Austin Armstrong in the explosive category. I mean, look, he's got he's got a defensive coordinator background too. Now, only one year at Georgia Southern, but he knows the process from a coordinator and leading a defense, and also an assistant coach and being part of a defensive staff. So he knows the process. But my biggest priorities for me. And they got to pay off immediately. They got to pay dividends immediately. It's helping in the explosive play de- department and helping the tackle. So I think all in all, 
a solid hire. Got some questions on the recruiting front. I think those are fair. This is not crapping on the hire or, you know, just looking for things to nitpick and point out. No, I mean, that's a legit angle here is the recruiting part of this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, one more time. Prominent players coached by Will Harris, Trent McDuffie for the Kansas City Chiefs 2022 NFL Draft first round selection. Byron Murphy, Minnesota Vikings in that same 2022 NFL Draft, a second round pick. Kyler Gordon for the Bears 2022 NFL Draft, second round pick. So in the 2022 NFL Draft, a first rounder, a second rounder, and a second rounder. Three picks in the first two rounds, Will Harris helped coached. Tyler Rapp for the Buffalo Bills was drafted in the second round in 2019. Elijah Molden, third round of 2021 NFL draft. Keith Taylor in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL draft. So one, two, three, four, five, six players drafted in the NFL draft. And one, two, three, four in the first two rounds. So got the reputation of being a developer, good coach. Hopefully places it all together really, really fast. And a Florida defense that really needs to be improved next season. All right. I'll go to some, hopefully, some good comments here. Um, Bashay Glenn, I see you brought it up here. What's going on with defensive line coach? I'll get in that in just a second. Um, not Edo. I see the uh, <laughs> comments in here. Um, See some OC talk. I'm not so sure about the uh, OC talk uh, and where that's going. Not sure if it even completely happens the way most want it to. Um, some Mark Ivy talks defensive line, Louisville defensive line coach. Uh, we can bring up his name. I got another one for you guys. Um, DW keeps bringing up Charlie Partridge as the positive defensive line coach. I have talked to Charlie. Nothing is there right now. No contact from Florida. So. Probably, hey, look, he'd be top of my choice. As I said, I can reach out to him and I can have a discussion with him. <laughs> I would love for Charlie Partridge to be defensive line coach of Florida. Uh, but nope, uh, not going to happen. As of this moment. Um, Jason Puckett, are we in conversations with any impact players in the portal? We'll get in that in just a second. Uh, also, is all okay with DJ Lagway's commitment? As far as I believe, yes. Um, all right. Well, I was hoping there'd be some comments there for, uh, the <laughs> Will Harris hire, but not much there. Everybody wants to know about the, uh, hires not being made, uh, right now. So, Hey, we'll get into that talking just a bit. Um, the voiceless one says after what, why is that hiding the comment? I got to look at the big screen here just to see it now. What happened, uh, with Raymond? I just need to see improvements. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, the, the biggest improvements has got to be some, Tackling, uh, of course, helping the explosives. And I think, you know, to further that point would probably also be, you know, play play the ball in the air. Uh, that's been um, – Florida had some issues there this this past 
uh, this past year as well of you know defensive backs being aggressive, playing the ball in the air. Um, your, your Kimbers, your Marshalls of, of the world uh, on on the outside. I think the improvement improvement certainly needs to be made there. Uh, and look, that goes in probably line with why there's a lack of interceptions too. Just guys that could not in the defensive backfield play the ball in the air um, and letting receivers like it. Look, look, those are those are fifty fifty balls. A lot of those and the receivers that those guys regard when making the plays, not the Florida defenders. Um, there has to be something more. There's the username here. Should we be excited about Harris? Good recruiter. Um, as I said, that at Washington, that was not necessarily a strong suit. Um, there are some built-in, you know, limitations there at, at Washington. Certainly a good developer. I, I, I'll, I'll give him that for sure. Um, but with the recruiting at Washington being just so-so, and then coming to the South, where he has no connections, comes to the state of Florida, where he has no connections. That is the concern. Hopefully, this lineage of production that he has from putting guys in the league, placing them all Pac-12, having some All-Americans, hopefully that that helps him on on the trail right now. But he's got to come in and kind of from scratch build some relationships here. Uh, Puckett, I think you'll see a lot more press. Uh, I know Washington would, would, would play that a bit um, with, with those DBs. A lot of that is going to have confidence in your DBs to play that. So is that confidence there to begin with? Uh, I think uh, that that's the, you're not playing press if you don't have the confidence. So at first, you know, you got to develop those guys to get to that point. Um, so uh, I think that's uh, you know where it gets to that point. You start coming in as what L. Wolf says. Development is what we're looking for. Develop that. You know, get some confidence that you can leave your guys on an island that you can pre- pull them up close, pre- play some press coverage. Uh, one, I agree. Well, Florida, maybe not at that point right now. This is UF recruiting DB shouldn't be an issue. Hey, a lot of things shouldn't be an issue, <laughs> but uh, um, they are, they are. And that's where some of the concern is. So, uh, Brian Rogers, I'll get into your thought in just a second. Uh, any news out at all on the defensive line coach? Uh, stand by for that. Stand by for that for sure. And, um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that right here. But before we do, hey, don't pass up a chance at Easy Cash this holiday season with my bookie. My bookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. So you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, college bowl games, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, well, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie, use promo code GATERS, and claim your deposit match, redeemable, up to $1,000. Again, that is promo code GATERS to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, guys, let's get into some of these visits that happened just over the weekend. And let's start with the biggest target, I I would say. You heard Will and I talk about him last week, but that would be University of Penn. Defensive tackle Joey Slackman at one time was the top-ranked defensive lineman on the own three transfer portal rankings. Six-foot-four, 300-pound, visited unofficially back in the Arkansas game. Like what he saw come back this past weekend, says Florida's one of his top schools. 
uh, right now, considering Florida, North Carolina, Michigan, Virginia Tech, and Wisconsin. Uh, he hopes to visit the Tar Heels, the Hokies, the Wolverines in the next week or so, and says he'll probably have a decision made in the next week and a half or so. So coming out, a little more communication. Florida sees him as a big end and playing some tackle. Recorded 50 tackles, including 12 for a loss, four-point sacks at Penn last year, 90.1 pro football focus grade. We had all FCS defensive tackles, as did his 92.8 run defense rating. Posted 18 pressures as a pass rusher, which was tied for 36 among FCS interior defensive linemen. His first team all selection, all conference selection, one of four finalists for the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year award. So that's where the stats were last year. And right now, I like where Florida is coming out of this one. But as we saw last year with the portal, if he starts taking other visits and the confidence level starts to fall off a bit, says he plans on taking visits, and we'll see how it all plays out. We see how most of these portal decisions go and that first visit being oh so important and other teams are capitalizing on that first visit. We saw it last year in the portal. We see it this year in the portal. Now we know the realization with that and the reason for a lot of that is the tampering, the tampering that's going on. And guys kind of knowing where they're going when they take that first visit, they're pretty much going to that school. I don't think that's the case here with Slackman. I believe he has legit interest in Florida. He has legit interest in other schools. Probably going to take those visits and then be pretty about the process. Right, look, and we got to hope this first visit really sticks with him. Hopefully, the first impression goes a long way here for Slackman. One of the top portal targets out there. You see the other schools after him. So, hopefully, he does the due diligence. If, if it gets to that point and he's doing the due diligence, hopefully, Florida wins out in the end. Uh, staying up front, Florida may be really close into getting a commit from Juco Edge Brian Taylor back in Gainesville for the uh, second time. And this one, FSU game was the first. This past weekend was the second. Um, and says a commitment is coming Monday or Tuesday. So if you we record this right here, this late Sunday night, by the time you listen to this on Monday, maybe there's a decision or it might come Tuesday. Says his choice will come down to Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Auburn. So really good choices there. Looks like it's coming down to Florida, Georgia. Uh, if you start reading the tea leaves and asking around a bit, so Juco Edge, Brian Taylor, Florida in it with some big SEC programs. Florida trending well here right now. So hopefully they can put the final touches on that. We got a couple of days at most before we hear the decision. So the one to watch out for coming up soon, hopefully sometime in the next couple of days, I'm posting that. Hey, we got a commit gift right there on Twitter. All right, so started up front. Maybe should have started in the defensive backfield since Florida just had a hire for DB coach. But I started up front, just talking about defensive line, Slackman, Taylor were on campus, and then, of course, without a defensive line coach. And one more name to add to that search. Jess Simpson from Duke. Uh, seems to be trending here behind the scenes a bit as a name to watch. Associate head coach and coach defensive line under Mike Elko at Duke the last couple of years was pretty much the guy after Sean Spencer chose Florida over Duke. Most recently, Duke and Miami, but, but his time at Miami was under Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is now head coach at Duke, and would like to keep Simpson there. But 
maybe further along in the process with Florida. So we'll see where that one goes. That's a new name that's coming out uh, there. So look for that one. Jess Simpson. Jess Simpson from Duke. So we got the DB coach announcement today on this Sunday. And as we start picking ahead to this week, maybe one more to watch for defensive linemen. And then wanted to check the comments here. So certainly a good question here from Coach 1X. Why didn't Elko take him to A&M? Man, there's, there's so many angles to this. So Elijah Robinson was the defensive line coach at Texas A&M. Took over for Jimbo when Jimbo was fired as the interim head coach. And then... The thought was going to be Elko was going to keep him there. He was an NBA, I believe, honestly, from what I can gather, E-Rob was also the top target for after Florida fired Sean Spencer. So I think Elko wanted E-Rob to stay at Texas A&M. I think Florida had a lot of interest in bringing him here as defensive line coach. I think that was the original plan. And then Fran Brown, the Georgia DB coach, gets the Syracuse head coaching job. Robinson then goes there. So then it opens up the big hole left to Texas A&M. And then I'm just going to guess out loud here that Florida may was in the process a bit with Simpson. That's me guessing. Full disclosure, me guessing. So Spencer's fired. Got to hire your next one. I believe the conversation started there after Robinson wasn't going to happen. Florida started looking around some more. Simpson becomes the next target. And then maybe Elko's got to go find someone else. Was going to get Sean Spencer at Duke. Decided to get Spencer at Texas A&M. That's me. <laughs> That's how full my opinion. That is my opinion. That's me trying to piece some things together. Don't take that for official word. I, I am full, full disclosing. That's my thoughts on how it played out. Um, so there. There we go. Um, there's you a new name to add to the big board, whatever big board you got at defensive line coach. I just saw somebody else bring that name up in the chat, so I know it's starting to get out a little bit more as well. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get back here. Um, True Seeker, haven't had heard much about uh, uh, anything concrete, super concrete with an um, OC hire. Like I said, um, I'm starting to lean toward it may not be the process most people think. I still think there's a pretty good chance Billy Napier is the play caller next year uh, or still has a heavy, heavy role in it. Once again, I will full disclosure on that. My opinion there. All right, here we go. Let's keep going to some targets. Let's let's keep it portal. Let's keep portal talk here. Um, Triqueasy Bridges, defensive back from Oregon, was another transfer on campus this weekend. And while he's a versatile piece in the secondary, he did come out and say that he wants to play safety. And so Florida could use a veteran presence there, I believe, to push Castell, push Thornton, give them competition, give the position some depth, provide a good rotation back there. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Castell was pretty much a, staple at safety. I mean, of course, all those reps this year need to pay off next year. But also, give Florida some experience depth. A guy who's played in a lot of ball games for Oregon. Maybe with Thornton as well. 
But like I was going to say, give them some competition. They had a breakout season in 2022, did Bridges, starting in all 13 games for the Ducks. They had a career-high 49 tackles that year, five defended passes, three interceptions, and a forced fumble. He earned all Pac-12 third-team selection from Pro Football Focus in 2022, uh, but he was surpassed in 2023 on the depth chart by sophomore Jaleel Florence there at Oregon. So bring somebody who has had a good year. I mean, and Oregon was good last year as well. Uh, and Dan Lanning's first year got passed up, so I know some people will kind of you know, roll their eyes at that. A guy who didn't play a ton. Well, there's a reason he's in the portal. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good, 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 really good players that you didn't expect in the portal, but a guy who gets passed up maybe doesn't mean he's not good, um, but he could have got passed up by a better player. And I still think a veteran presence, a lot of snaps could go a long way with Castell and Thornton on the back end. Uh, let's see. Still managed 16 tackles this past year, but wants to find a new home, of course. So, one big part of bringing him in would also be scheme familiarity. Lanning's system, very similar to what Austin Armstrong wants to run. That would be a big plus. Um, he said he doesn't know much about new DB coach Will Harris. So there we go. Would that hang it up right now? I think Florida's in good shape coming out of the weekend for that one as well. But we'll see where it goes, see if he takes some more visits. Uh, let's stay in the secondary for a recruit. Just talk portal target, but let's go to the recruiting side of this for uh, high school guys. Uh, and one that was on campus, that was safety prospect, Gregory Smith. Florida was in good shape coming into this weekend's visit, likely strengthened that over the weekend. He was told, like I said, I think this is why we can go ahead and roll with the Harris talk, because he was told Harris was going to be the new hire, uh, that the two should be meeting this week. He got a UF offer back in October while the decision is set for December 13th. That could change. Uh, I'm going to connect the dots myself here and say that that reason that date could change is because that meeting with Harris is supposed to happen this week. Uh, so maybe he wants that to happen first. You know, maybe that kind of messes with his decision timeline. So uh, Armstrong's key here as well at, and, and at the safety position. Still a lot of hands on there at the safety spot this past year was, was also an Armstrong. Uh, so, you know, we'll see uh, where this one goes for the Riverview, Florida recruit. Um, so kind of let's keep on that storyline. And I'm going to divvy off the path a little bit here from the visits this past weekend. But since we're talking safety, certainly cannot go by and talk about the storyline of Xavier Fields to me and the flirtation with Texas. Uh, and the word coming out there with the five-star going to take a visit to Texas now. There have already been some picks logged for him to flip from Florida to Texas. So Austin Armstrong went to go see Phil Smith this past weekend, this past week. Hopefully Harris gets to see him this week. Billy Napier's supposed to go in home probably this week before that Texas visit on November 21st. Sounds like the visit with Napier will happen this week. So we'll see if that may be, you know, maybe right before that visit to Texas, which push it into the very next week. So, um, or not yeah, bad that I said, November 21st. Yeah. That visit to Texas is happening sometime soon. Billy Napier is supposed to go in home there with Phil Simi before that Texas visit. So hopefully it pays off. I believe that visit is coming up this weekend. You know, they were trying to, Texas was trying to keep it under wraps there for a little bit. Uh, but Billy Napier is supposed to go in home before that Texas visit. Looks like that'd be this week. It's going to take a lot of work to hang on there. Uh, and one of the cornerstones of this 2024 class and this 2024 defense, 
Like that is the worry of going out of state so much for like if Florida was rolling this season, it wouldn't matter all that much. But then when the road starts getting rocky and you got to um, start hanging on for dear life to some of these recruits, well, being out of state kind of hurts a bit there as well. So one, of course, I know you guys know a whole lot about, uh, but just in case you didn't, while we're talking safety a bit, Xavier feels to me, one to watch. Hopefully, hopefully, Florida finds a way to keep him in this class. One of my favorite players of this class. Love his aggressiveness back there on the back end. Got to do everything they can to keep that one. All right, so let's come back to campus. Back to visits at Florida. Back to the secondary we go. Jameer Grimsley was on campus for his official. And Florida had a pretty good shot, I think, at flipping this one earlier in the season. Say a few months ago. I could have saw a flip from Bama to Florida. Now I'm pretty doubtful that one happens. Um, he wants to meet Will Harris, and that should happen this week with Napier and Armstrong there as well. There is interest in Florida, but I don't think enough to win out. Um, he really is weighing being part of a rebuild versus going somewhere that's already established, but what's hurting Florida in his eyes? And he told on three Keith Niebuhr. Pretty interesting quote here. Talking about Alabama here to begin with, Grimsley says, so he always is going to bring dudes in that can coach. And also Saban, he coaches the DBs, specifically the corners. So I feel that's the difference. With Florida, I mean, I know they don't give time for coaches to try and build the program. Dudes get fired for winning 10 games, so you got to start winning fast. That's the only thing I question a little bit about Florida is the stability and the coaching job. Oof. Well, that's kind of a catch-22. That's kind of dog-chasing the tail a little bit. Well, you need the talent to start winning. You need winning for stability. Then it all comes back around again. So if, you, if this class starts falling apart a bit, you know where's the stability eventually going to come there for Billy Napier? But hey, that lets you know. I'm telling you right now, you think... And not this is not a shot at Grimsley here for this quote, but you think he came up with that on his own? Don't you think a little bit of negative recruiting is going on? Don't you think he's probably been force-fed that line just a bit? Of, hey, this is how we do things at Bama. This is what's going on at Florida over there. You don't know if your coach is going to be there. Rotating coaches. You know it's, you, you know it's going to be sold that. You know it's going to be sold that way. That's how recruiting works. And right or wrong about you know switching coaches and stuff, I mean, tell me what coaches deserve to be here longer than three, four years lately. None. So, <laughs> so I mean, where, 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 where that's going. But you know other schools are going to use that against Florida. And then let's uh, finish it up right here. Perhaps the best chance of a commitment comes in the form of a flip from Jaden Ball. Uh, Arkansas running back pledge. He's from the state of Georgia. This has been discussed a bit, but of course, ramping up coming off the official visit weekend. He does have an Alabama visit scheduled next weekend. Ball was here the weekend of the Arkansas game as well while being committed to Arkansas, uh, but does say he loves the development at the running back position from Napier and running back coach Jabbar Jaluk. So there we go. There's your update from your players that were on campus. Uh, this past weekend. 
We'll see what happens. That's, you know, we'll see if any of them happen. As like I said, maybe the best chance would be ball, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. As far as re pure high school targets go, but then you had Bridges, the transfer from Oregon here on campus. I mean, Gregory Smith, I, I feel pretty good about too from the high school ranks there in the secondary. Uh, if you didn't see his uh, pictures from his visit, they were pretty good. <laughs> he was sharing them on social media the other day. Um, but yeah, and then we'll see what happens. Slackman, Taylor on the defensive line, one of Juco, one of transfer portal. So we'll see. I think uh, for Florida, you probably expect this week to be, if you're going to get some of those guys, probably in the next few days or so. But all right, there we go. Kind of go through some of these comments a bit. Gator fan. I can't. Why are these? Uh, sorry, these comments are getting smaller for me for whatever reason. But uh, that's why Billy has to stay. Florida is getting the reputation of changing coaches and not giving coaches a chance. Um, disagree with that, honestly. Uh, the problem isn't firing coaches. The problem is hiring the wrong coach. Um, now he will be given his third year, which ultimately probably should get. I'm not saying, but people will say, oh, you can't hire, you can't fire coaches after two or three years. Well, name me one coach Florida has fired after two years. There isn't one. Uh, and tell me what coach has deserved more than the time that he was given. Will Muschamp? Nope. Jim McElwain? Nope. Dan Mullen? Nope. So you don't hang on to a guy just for the sake of stability. You're going to dig yourself. You're going to dig the hole even deeper. Now, I think you can dig it even, you know, you can't um, be going transition class after transition class after transition class either. But a lot of people want to throw the, well, look how the way Florida State did it. They were so patient with Norvell, where they were also not patient with Willie Taggart, and it paid off. So if you want to use FSU as an example, well, they fired a coach after two years. And ultimately, it worked out for them. So you can't really use FSU and disregard the first part of that equation. I'm just saying, there's a different angle to that. Because then he'll get year three, and the way Billy Napier has chosen to build this thing, it needs to pay off next year. You've played a ton of young guys. You've given young guys a ton of reps. Now some of those guys have left the program, like ETN, and a lot of that first class. But the third year is, hey, look, that's got to pay off. You're giving a lot of guys those reps. In the name of development, it's got to pay off in year three. Brian Rogers does ask, is McCray sticking? LJ McCray, of course, coming off visit, what, to Florida State on Friday, Auburn on Saturday. Oh, man, that one's tough. <laughs> I'll stay a little positive for now. Hey, I'm in a holiday spirit, I guess. Yes, I'll say yes. Um, the confidence level, I will absolutely admit, not very high with the way this thing has been trending lately. But I believe it was the state championship game this past, you know, last week where you know, there were some Gator chomps from him out there on the field after a game. So 
We'll see. I mean, but go back, back to the point. Yeah, it does show instability, absolutely. But it shows instability for going back to the coaching part of it. it does, but it shows instability because of bad hires, not because you know, I mean, it's not like guys are just leaving Florida. You're getting fired from Florida. Oh, let's see. Mickey Johnson brings up a good point and kind of going to the point that Grimsley was making. I would never flip from Bama under Nick Saban to play for Billy Napier. You got a joking stop lying to the American people. Yeah, I don't I don't see it happening right now, either, especially in this situation now. You know, if if the way Florida was putting this class together, heading into this season, if Florida would have put up some wins this season, then you could absolutely see why to do so. You if you want to say, hey, they're building something, and I want to be a part of that build, I see the vision, then gr- I can see a flip from Nick Saban to Billy Napier happening. But at the way it played out, that's a tough sell. I see a lot of people talking um, offensive linemen and portal. Nothing... Nothing really that stands out. There's not a really, there's not a whole lot of good offensive linemen in the portal anyway, and that's the danger of trying to go portal shopping for offensive linemen. I mean, Florida had the advantage of Osiris Torrance coming with Billy Napier from Louisiana. All right, but yeah. Offensive lineman, that's certainly one place I want to start researching more, especially after this first weekend, who's coming out of visits, maybe who didn't commit somewhere and stuff. But that's still that's the, pretty much the hardest position to project from the high school ranks, probably in the transfer portal as well. And there's not a ton of good ones. All right, that'll do it. This episode, hitting on new coach, Will Harris, get the job, bringing you back up to date on the recruiting front from high school ranks to portal ranks. Guys, if you haven't done so yet, if you haven't listened to it, go back to last week, late last week, one-on-one with Graham Mertz right here on Gators Breakdown. Really, really well-received interview. Thanks, everybody, who has reached out and told me how much you enjoyed hearing from Mertz and the type of player and the type of person he is and just how the overall interview went. Everybody, thanks so much for checking it out. If you haven't listened to it yet, Go, you get my thoughts for the Trevor Etienne portal. Um, you know, leaving for the portal as well. Uh, but the highlight, of course, sitting down with Graham Mertz last week. Really, really good interview. Uh, was thanks one more time uh, to, to to him uh, for, for for giving his time. So if you haven't checked it out yet, that's the last episode of Gators Breakdown. But of course, this week, as I said, I would expect the defensive line coach hire probably this week. That's I, I think. Uh, and then, like I said, the names we just went over. Be on commit watch for any some some of those guys. I won't say any okay any of those guys, um, but we'll see where it goes. We 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 will see where it goes uh, with, with that. So I know that's the this past weekend was supposed to be the big visit weekend. I think where or the first one where they were scheduling the visits. More will happen, of course. Um, I think Florida's in the process of scheduling visits these next couple of weekends see where that goes the coaches will be on the road hitting a lot of these targets as well so that's something 
we'll have to keep up with in the coming days and coming weeks. Hires, portal, and the finishing touches to this class of 2024 ahead of early signing day. So there we go. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.